Silver Spoons podcast. How's everyone doing? Did you all have a great Thanksgiving? I hope so. I hope everything went well for you. Well, gosh, it feels like it's been a bit, right? It's been probably about a month since I covered the Thanksgiving episode of Silver Spoons. Well, I'm back for the season three Christmas episode, season three, episode 11, in fact, entitled Twas the Night Before Christmas. And guys, let me tell you, I mean, I originally saw this back when it was in reruns. This particular episode I remember distinctly because Alfonso, is it Ribeiro? Let me see how we say his name here. Ribeiro? Anyway, um, Alfonso sings in this episode. I mean, granted, yes, he sings in some other episodes too, but I just remember this episode, it was sad. And extremely depressing. Just listen to the synopsis. It's Christmas time, but Alfonso is sad to learn he won't be spending the holidays with his mother. While Freddy, poor Freddy, and his family are homeless. My goodness gracious. In season one, uh, Ricky and his dad dealt with a, a homeless mother and father and little boy played by Joey Lawrence. They were living in like a a little cave structure on the Stratton property. It's like, my goodness. That just these Christmas episodes are just they're they definitely want to speak about familyness and, and togetherness and, and the best of times and the worst of times. And these are definitely you know, the worst of times, especially for poor Freddy. Oh my goodness gracious. This boy, this boy has the worst type of luck. Not only is he classified as a typical 80s nerd, because it is the 80s when the show aired, but he's just constantly, he's being laughed at and just, I, I still remember, um, the season two episode where Rick has a sleepover and Derek I miss you, Derek. Derek was there and was getting Rick to admit that Freddy wasn't his friend. Mind you, Rick was in the bathroom. Or, not Rick. Freddy was in the bathroom. Derek was trying to get Rick to admit that Freddy was not his, that he wasn't Freddy's friend. And I guess, was it a tape recorder that Freddy had had in a sleeping bag that kind of, uh, Played the conversation, or anyway, there was a tape recorder that played that conversation, and you just saw poor Freddy's heartbreaking, and it's sad, but, uh, oh my gosh, this one is going to be sad, too. This one's got a 7.6 rating out of 10 on IMDb. It was directed by Jack Shea, writer's David W. Duclan, uh, Duclan. He's the creator, of course, of, uh, 
Punky Brewster, him and Brandon Tartikoff. As you guys know, if you've heard, Punky Brewster's coming back with a reboot, and I will be covering the episode, so look forward to that. I'm getting excited and a little bit nervous. I, I know that, you know, the show's in good hands and everything like that, and it's going to be amazing, but it's just a, a part of me is just a smidge nervous, but I know once I watch the first episode, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I know it's going to be, it's going to be amazing, and all the feels, all the Punky Brewster feels are going to come back. So, also, um... Ron Levitt, the creator, Michael G. Moy, Bob Owls, James R. Stein, Howard Leeds, Ben Starr, Martin Cohen, pretty much the entire team of writers for the show were on this one. No newbies from what I can see. No different names. So, all right. Before I officially get into the episode, of course, I'd like to let you guys know where you can follow along on social media. If you're new to the Silver Spoons podcast, Thank you for jumping on that that train. <laughs> uh, Facebook together we can find together we're gonna find our way on unofficial Silver Spoons podcast or just Silver Spoons podcast. You can type that into Facebook also. Also Silver Spoons podcast on Instagram and it does share space on the Punky Brewster slash Silver Spoons podcast Twitter as well. If you'd like to send an email, I'd love to hear from you. You can talk about your, you know, what episode you like and your memories. You can send an email to silverspoonspodcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to write a review, if you've been listening for a while, you like the show, and you'd like to know where you can leave a review for the podcast, just look up Punky Brewster on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Um, all the episodes of Silver Spoons are going to be under the Punky Power, Punky Brewster banner. So, Alright, so let's get into this episode. When I'm done discussing it, I'm going to give you guys a little uh, sneak peek of what to expect in January when I kick off Season 4. Thing to note, there is a guest star, a famous guest star appearing in that first episode of season four. All right, let's get into the Christmas feels and the sadness that this episode I know is going to bring me. At this time, we are still at least a good four to five episodes away from Edward and Kate being married. So at this point, they are just boyfriend and girlfriend. You'll still get lots of hugs and kisses between them both because they're lovey-lovey. They love each other. All right, after the intro, we immediately get applause coming from the audience because of the train. Every time they run that train, the audience just goes cray-cray wild for it. Yeah, the train! (laughs) We got Edward and Rick. Oh, have we? I'm trying to think about this now. Um, when was the last time we saw that train? I can't remember. I'm sure it's been there. You know, I kind of wonder if we're going to get, like, a callback to the season one Christmas episode this episode. So the train makes it stop just before the library doors. And, of course, we see the tree is up as Dexter 
and Kate and Alfonso are all decorating it. So where have Rick and uh, Edward been this whole time? Have they been out doing stuff? Let's find out. Extra, extra, read all about it. Stratton Christmas has new record for war. <laughs> Alfonso and Mother to be reunited. Her brother Dexter thrilled. <laughs> Oh, you guys. <laughs> you know, some people call me cynical and a trifle cool, but all this is quite moving. <laughs> so, Alfonso, when does your mom's plane get in? A little more than an hour. Oh, did I mention to you? It's quite an ordeal for my sister to get here. She's doing research in some remote outpost in the wilds of Mozambique. Well, let's just hope that she survives the most dangerous leg of her journey. Oh, what's that? A cab from Kennedy. <laughs> Alfonso, your mom is in for the Christmas of her life. Okay, now let's include your timetable for tonight's Christmas events. Oh. There you go. Oh, my God. How efficient. No room for dilly-dally. Not true, Dexter. Right here it says 7 to 7.05 p.m. Dilly-dally. <laughs> you know, Christmas Eve is my favorite Eve of the year. We're going to be caroling. We're going to be eggnogging. Going to be It's a Wonderful Life watching. Oh, yeah. I even called the Weather Bureau, and we may be white... Christmasing. Ooh, oh, it's New York. Oh, it's carolers. Yeah. It's got pretty good. Must be a hundred of them. Oh, at first I thought this was a real paper that, like, oh, wow, the Stratton family's in the news. What happened? It says Stratton Christmas set record for warmth. Alfonso and mother to be reunited, her brother, Dexter, something or other. Oh, it says seasons, what does it say? It says something greetings. That doesn't look like season, though. But no, this is just a cute paper that they all made that actually does have information about how their day is going to go. Everything's going to just go right like clockwork. Times table of oh, got the tree decorated. You're going to sing some carols. They're going to watch It's a Wonderful Life. My dad loved It's a Wonderful Life. Loved it. I remember one year, I think I was a teenager, probably 14, 13, 15 what have you and we were at the farm you know my grandparents place and we were it was on tv and i just kind of looked over at my dad kind of joking like oh dad are you gonna cry because it was towards the end of the movie like oh dad are you gonna cry now <laughs> but it is it's a good movie um i remember it was the christmas jeremy and i had been dating for maybe about a month at this point and we were both you know working at the video store and Jeremy also liked the movie. We have it here at the house. And uh, he put it on for me. Because, you know, after 9 o'clock, you can put in a movie as long as it's, like, G-rated. Which, it's a wonderful life. There's nothing offensive, really, about that movie. So, we were able to put it on. We watched it last year. I put it on in the Christmas rotation, which I probably should do that again this year. And I just remember, because I was really getting into the movie, the story and everything about, you know, with the brother and whatnot. And I, like, had to pause it and rewind it, because it was at a scene where, like, the brother was getting off the train, and I think he was married and stuff like that. And I was trying to kind of follow along with the story. Like, I had missed some dialogue, and I was rewinding it. And Jeremy's like, you've seen this movie almost every year, 
I mean, you should have it memorized by now. Seriously, why are you rewinding it? Just let the movie play out. Like, I know, but I'm following the story this time, and I need to know what they're talking about. Oh, the paper said her brother Dexter thrilled, uh, as in, uh, Alfonso's mom, you know, is also uh, Dexter's sister. Whether older or a younger sister, not sure. Apparently, you know, her plane gets there in about an hour. And Edward's like, oh gosh, I hope she'll be alright with the, uh, you know, driving in a cab in, in Kennedy. You know, the airport and, you know, JFK and all that stuff. Like, I'm sure it'll be fine. And Alfonso's like, oh, you guys, with the, with the paper and everything. Oh, that was kind of sweet. I like that. They did that for him. It's a big deal. Already, it's like, oh, my heart is going to break already. I mean, you know this is going to go south really fast. But it's like, well, wait a sec. If her plane gets in in an hour, if she wasn't going to make it, wouldn't she? Couldn't she call or, or something? I don't know. I mean, like I said, Last time I watched this episode was, like, probably 25 years ago. So it's been a very long time. So this is basically brand new for me. So Alfonso's mom is doing some research in uh, the wilds of Mozambique. I'm not sure where that is. Or if it's a real place. There's already some gifts under the tree. That's cool. Edward makes a joke about let's hope she survives the most dangerous part of her journey. In case, like, what's that? He's like, a cab from Kennedy. Like, oh. So Rick is like, Alfonso, your mom is, she is in for the time of her life tonight. All right. And then he hands out, you know, the newspapers that he and his dad put together. They're very creative. I like the red, you know, font and everything. And, oh, did I mention that Edward and Rick are both Dressed in red sweaters? You guys, come on. If you've been listening for a while, you know. I'm, I'm partial. I'm very, very partial to red. Very partial. So, Rick uh, hands out the newspapers with the times tables of what all is in store and in what order. Dexter's looking it over. He's like, oh, how efficient. No room for dilly-dally. And, of course, Rick's like, oh, no, no. That's not true, Dexter. See right here. 7 to 7.05. Dilly-dally. And Edward is so excited. It's like, Christmas Eve is my favorite Eve of the year. It's like, because the only other Eve other than Christmas Eve is New Year's Eve. Why did, did we never get a, a Silver Spoon's New Year's Eve episode? Never? Really? At all? I mean, I went through the synopsis of season four and five. I don't really see any New Year's, New Year's Eve type stuff. I do see some drivelly episodes in there, which of course I'm going to cover, but then I just remember going over to, with Jeremy, just lying there, you know, going through like, oh, really? What? Huh? Whenever they bring Grandfather Stratton back, it's always in the later season. It seems like it's going to be some stupid, pointless episode. I mean, he's not pointless, but the storylines they give him just make no sense. They just portray him as this bored, retired, semi-retired businessman. He's trying to recapture his lost youth. But anyway, back to tonight's schedule for the Stratton family on Christmas Eve. They're gonna be caroling and eggnogging. Anyone like eggnog? I'm not really partial to it. I've never been a fan. I've probably tried a little. It's like, yeah, it's okay. And he's like, it's, we're going to be It's a Wonderful Lifing, because I love that movie. 
And Edward even went so far as to call the Weather Bureau. And he says, we may even be white Christmasing. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's New York. It wouldn't be Christmas for the snow, I guess. Funny, because this is like... Yeah, this episode aired December 16th, 1984. So it was the end of 1984. In season four, we will be going into 1985. And I'm just thinking, yeah, this is like the early 80s. So if you wanted to get the weather, yeah, what, the newspaper or the news? Or you probably, I guess, could call a number and find out what the weather is going to be doing. Now it's just, we are so incredibly lucky with the convenience of you want to find out the weather let's let's look at today's weather here what's it say it's doing in the mitten state it's 30 degrees and cloudy but it feels like it's 23 degrees and seven mile per hour winds 10 percent chance of snow all right you know what it's doing in dallas right now guys it's 51 and sunny yes What's it feel like in Dallas? Let's see. What's it what's what's it feel like? It feels like 48. That ain't terrible. Let's see. Um I wanna see what it's doing currently in New York. What's it doing currently in New York City? It's 34, 90% chance of snow at 1 p.m. through 3 p.m. a hundred percent at 4 p.m. and the sun is going to set at 4:28. Wow. <laughs> it feels like it's 29 degrees out. Oh my goodness. 50% chance of snow in New York. Well, there you go, Edward. You got your snow. They're so excited about this fact. You'd think they'd never seen snow in their lives. Like, oh my gosh, really? Could it snow? Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. How are we going to prepare? And, of course, what breaks up the monotony is the Christmas carols. They're like, wow, that sounds really great. And, like, it's being played through a set of stereo speakers. I bet anything. And, of course, as soon as the doors open, it's a lady with a big boombox with Christmas music coming out. It's like, yeah, no, no. And it's just one person playing music that has a lot of people Dang, they got that volume cranked. I'm like, and volume's so high, I'm surprised that door is still on its hinges. And they're all like, as they walk through the door, like, wow, they sound pretty good. And Edward's like, yeah, there must be a hundred out there. Who is this woman? This lady with blonde hair. We know it's not Rick's mom, because she's probably somewhere in the Poconos, or uh, some... Island, tropical island somewhere or a cruise. There's no cassette in that boombox. Is, is she playing a radio station? These speakers are at least five inches tall. They're huge square speakers on this boombox. That thing's got to be heavy. Granted, it's not. I'm sure it's not playing anything, and there's no batteries in. Remember those boomboxes? Like they had to take like four to six like C or D batteries. Ugh. Oh, Kate just happens to magically have cookies on a tray in her hand. Oh, it's some random woman who uh, Kate just you know she's playing a stereo, and Kate gives her a cookie. And when I saw him, I'm like, that can't be Freddy's mom. Because his mom is supposed to be played by Miriam Flynn, who you guys will know plays um, 
Cousin Catherine in uh, the Christmas Vacation movie, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, also um, the regular vacation movie where they go to Wally World and stop off at Eddie and Catherine's place. Yeah. Like, that's not her. Okay, so they got something came via messenger from a grandfather who's probably hanging out on a tropical island somewhere. Oh, it's a gift from their grandpa. It looks like a calendar. Is it a calendar? Let's find out. Hey, Dad. Wally Waffles came by messenger. It's oh. a gift from grandfather. Hey. What is... Oh, it's a gift from the face. He looks like everyone's a food. <laughs> oh, who's that? Christmas, Fred? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something wrong, Freddie? Our house burned down. Everything we own is gone. Oh, my God. What? what? This morning, a three-alarm blaze. Our house burned right down to the ground. It was real scary. Oh, I was still in my bathrobe and PJs when the fire started. The Red Cross gave me these clothes to wear. <laughs> How awful, Freddie. Where are your parents? Are your mom and dad all right? Yeah, we took a room at the Pan Sleep Motel. We're going to stay there until we find somewhere else to live. Oh, man. You're spending Christmas Eve in a motel? Well, a motel is no place to spend Christmas. You and your folks are going to come over here and spend it with us. Yes. Really? You betcha. Yes. <laughs> well, I'll go call your folks. Okay, Freddy. Let's go. Let's go, Freddy. Fred. How'd the fire get started, Freddy? Well, you know the song that goes, Chestnuts roasting on an open fire, right? Oh, he's got a good voice. Well, my dad tried roasting some chestnuts on an open fire. Yeah? And all of a sudden, a chestnut exploded, and the next thing we knew, we were watching our house burn down as Jack Frost was limping out our nose. Are you serious? <laughs> How did it burn your house down? There we go. But they opened the door, and I like the uh, the doorbell. It's got a little uh, Christmas tune to it, I just realized. And I'm just like, poor Freddy, this poor boy. It's just, I feel so bad for him. And the wardrobe, the, the Red Cross. You guys couldn't come up with something better for him? It's what he's wearing is just a Hawaiian shirt underneath a... Um, a, sw a light suede coat and uh, a hat with a little uh, red pompadour thing on top. And then it's got like some red in the middle. And then it's got on the bottom like green reindeer on a yellow background. He just, Freddie comes in and he's just staring at the guy. This poor boy. This poor boy. And they're like, Freddie, Freddie, are you okay? What's wrong, Freddie? And Rick's like, hello, Freddy. Hi, how are you? And Freddy's like, hi. And Edward's like, well, Merry Christmas, Fred. He's like, yeah. It's just, oh my God, this guy looks like he's about ready to burst into tears. And Kate finally says, so asks, is something wrong, Freddy? And immediately, oh my God, our house burned down. It was a three alarm fire. And just. All he had on was his PJs, and I would have just kept, like, the PJs and just, like, 
give me the coat and the hat, but uh, I just, I feel bad for them. I guess what happened was, he's like, remember the, the line in the song, chestnuts roasting on an open fire? You know that? Well, my dad was roasting chestnuts, and then all of a sudden, there's an explosion. Like, one of the chestnuts, like, flew back and, like, landed somewhere, and our whole house burned down. There seems, there's got to be more to it than just that. What was in the chestnuts, exactly, that would make them explode? I want to look that up. I mean, I don't think that can cause a hot, something, something's not right there. Alright, so here you go. Here's how you can roast chestnuts the right way. But then again, I wasn't there when Freddy's dad was roasting those chestnuts, so I don't know what exactly he used. To roast chestnuts... You'll need a pan that you can put into the fire. Long-handled popcorn or chestnut roasters, roasters make the ideal vessels for open-fire chestnut roasting, as they allow you to roast the nuts without burning your face off. Okay, and their lids let you shake the chestnuts around for even roasting instead of having to turn them over yourself or losing a few when flipping them in a lidless pan. All right. Well, so oh yeah, that, that's uh. If you don't have a chestnut roaster or a skillet, you can also use a fireplace shovel. Ugh. And I suppose you could even try sticking them individually on skewers like the boys in the opening image if you're the patient type. Oh, that's what they... They look like just regular nuts. And you can buy the chestnuts at grocery stores. And you... Okay. Oh, most people roast castanets or Mariani chestnuts. The Kest... I can't pronounce that. Are more common while the Marioni are a more expensive specialty. The nut of the Marioni is sweeter and plumper and it peels away from the skin more easily. When choosing your chestnuts, look for those that are plump, smooth, shiny, and blemish-free. Moldy chestnuts ugh, are a common problem. So squeeze and shake the chestnut to see if the nut has shriveled up and pulled away from the shell. Keep in mind that the larger the chestnut, the longer it will take to roast. Pick chestnuts that are fairly uniform in size and will thus be done at the same time. Oh, oh my goodness, guys, listen, okay. Listen to the. This is very, very important. And I think that Freddy dad, Freddy's father probably didn't listen to the. Okay, <clears throat> before roasting chestnuts, you must score them to allow steam to escape and prevent them from exploding like chestnut bombs while cooking. Simply take a sharp knife and cut an X into the flat side of each chestnut. All right, sounds good. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Whoa, those are blackened. I think those ones, uh, those ones don't look so hot. <laughs> he says the whole house burned down and everything they owned was is gone. Like we don't know the size of Freddy's house. It's just like, wow, what? They must have had some real flammable stuff in that house for it to catch on like that that fast. So, Freddy was still in his bathrobe and PJs when the fire started. He says a three-alarm fire, so what time in the morning this happened, I'm not exactly sure. So, as soon as he says the Red Cross gave me these clothes to wear, immediately the audience is like, yeah, the get-up looks pretty goofy. Because he's wearing, like, plaid golfer pants with some weird- it looks like a- 
a westernish type Hawaiianish shirt underneath, and then um, some like brown suedeish type jacket with that hat that I described earlier. So Kate goes over, puts a comforting hand and arm on uh, Freddie's shoulder as she moves him over to the couch area. And asked about his parents. Like, how are your parents? Are they okay? He's like, oh yeah, well, we're shacked up at the um, the pay and sleep motel until we can find a new place. And of course, they hearing that, it's like, oh, Edward's like, oh no, 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 you might, no friend of my son's is gonna and his family are gonna be staying in a hotel on Christmas Eve. So Edward invites you know Freddie and his family, who we haven't met yet to come and bunk at the Stratton Manor for Christmas Eve and spend Christmas Eve with their family. Why do I think that this gesture is kind of going to blow up in their faces a little bit? Where the Freddy's parents kind of take the hospitality, like our house is your house type of term, a little too literally and start demanding things and becoming really what have you. The idea of spending Christmas Eve in a motel is just completely, like, baffling to Alfonso. Like, I can't believe it. You're spending Christmas Eve in a motel? And that's where Edward kind of jumps in. He's like, oh, no, no, no. No friend of my son's and his family are going to be staying in a motel on Christmas Eve. You're staying here. And Freddy is so happy that he just hugs Edward. And as Edward goes to excuse himself, like, Freddy is still, like, arms wrapped around Edward's chest like oh thank you thank you and Edward finally has like Freddie please can you like let me go buddy thank you it's when Edward excuses himself to get in touch with Freddie's parents Dexter asks about how the fire happened and Freddie explains about the chestnuts and everything and how his dad says the next thing he knew the chestnut exploded and the house was on fire was the chestnut itself on fire landed on some curtains or a couch and was everything just doused in gasoline? What happened? How did this house burn to the ground within seconds? I'm nervous. I better hope that I don't hear that this is some kind of, you know, insurance scam. Like, oh, well, we meant to do, you know, so that we, we could get a new house or something. I don't know. I don't think that's the issue. I think it was purely an accident. But then again, you know what? I... The Small Wonder episode I just covered back in um, October with the Brindles house catching fire and we found out because Brandon was smoking a cigar and he got one of those insurance policies that said, you know, he listed himself as a non-smoker. They took, Brindles move in and take full advantage of the Lawsons. I don't think Freddie's parents are like that, but again, I haven't met Freddie's parents we are so, we have not met them. We don't know what they're like. I'm sure they're probably if they're as sweet as Freddie is, that's great. But I'm a little nervous. I don't want to judge too harshly just yet. Okay, we haven't met them yet. We don't know what they're like. All right, I'm gonna play the clip. I think we're gonna just about meet Freddie's parents or maybe Alfonso's mom. I don't know who's at the door. They're uh, Ricky and Freddie and Elf, uh, but. Edward, they're all, they're hanging up the stockings, and they've added a few more. I'll get it. That must be my folks. That might be my mom. It's neither. Oh, oh it is. Yo, sport. 
Mr. and Mrs. Lippincottleman, we're glad you could be with us. Thank you so much for asking us. Yeah, that goes for me, too. <laughs> you know, uh, I sort of creamed your mailbox. <laughs> you ought to put uh, Dayglow house numbers on your new one. It's the only smart thing to do. That's what we have on ours. Had. <laughs> May I take your coats? <laughs> Depends on where you're going to take them. <laughs> har, har. Thank you, Richard. Are you watching this, Frederick? Yes, Mom. <laughs> I guess the Red Cross just gave you any old thing to wear. These are mine. <laughs> no. say the similarities don't stop at our names. Uh, please, uh, will you be seated? Of course, before the door even opens, Freddie's like, I bet that's my folks. And Alfonso's like, I bet that's my mom. Turns out it's actually Freddie's folks. And one guy may look familiar if you've seen the um, is it Terminator 2, I believe, maybe even the first Terminator. Let me get this guy's name up. This is like the longest name, Lippin Cottleman. How many letters is this? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 letters in a last name. Oh boy. <laughs> so Earl Bowen, B-O-E-N, plays Troy Lippin Cottleman, Freddie's father. Of course, he's still hanging in there. Let's see, Terminator, Terminator 2, Terminator 3. This guy's been in quite, oh my goodness gracious, is he still acting? Oh, looks like he was in a video game. He did a voice in Girls Mode 4. What in the world? What is this? Is this like one of those girls like, oh, new style boutique, Styling Star 3 for the 3DS. Well, hey, that was his last credit from 2017. Oh, it looks like he's been doing, uh, oh, video game voices. That's pretty cool. World of Warcraft, Level Up, Norg. Oh, that's a TV series. Uh, World of, a lot of World of Warcraft. Tales of Monkey Island, Chapter 5, 4, Metal Gear Solid. When's he, Kim Possible. Four episodes in that. Alright, a lot of, still video game stuff. That's good for him. Like the last real movie movie he would have done would have been in 2003 Terminator 3 did uh, six episodes of Clifford the Big Red Dog the animated series so he's definitely a guy who's behind the camera as well as in front of the camera he guest starred in a lot of TV shows uh, the Golden Girls he oh he's still doing video game stuff even in the uh, Early night. Oh, Get a Life. Remember that show, Get a Life, on Fox with Chris Elliott? I watched a lot of Fox and the other three or four channels that I got before cable as a kid. Watched a lot of Fox. Herman's Head was another one. He was on that. 
He was in an episode of Family Matters. He was in an episode of The Wonder Years in the season four episode, Who's Aunt Rose? He played the pastor. All right, cool. He was in an episode of Seinfeld. He was also in Punky Brewster. Oh, he's in Baywatch. Um, he was in Punky Brewster and Webster. Wow. A lot of stuff, guys. A lot of stuff. Yes, he was in two episodes of Punky Brewster. The first one was in season one called Dog Doe Afternoon. He played a banker where Punky went in because she wanted to get a loan for like $80,000 to help Henry out to raise her until she was 18. And then he reappears again in towards the end of season two and changes part five where Henry loses his... Uh, studio and he wants to try to get a loan to open a studio spot in the mall we kind of get a call back to when punky had come by you know um a year or so ago to get a loan because he remembered that little nobody forgets punky brewster oh okay so we get another episode with okay he also comes back in Season four of Silver Spoons in Three Musketeers. I think this must be um, maybe Freddy Corky Pigeon's last episode of Silver Spoons might be in season four. He he wasn't in much. He was in 18 episodes. I think, yeah, Three Musketeers episode 12 of season four is Freddy Lippincottleman's Corky Pigeon's last appearance on Silver Spoons. Because I think they were going to bring in maybe another couple friends for Rick who wasn't Freddy. Because apparently Rick is cool now that he's in high school and he needed to shred that Freddy image. The nerdy sidekick role, I guess. They needed to make way for another Derek. Ugh. I mean, I love that. I love Jason Bateman. Love sweet, such a... Nice looking actor, great actor, funny guy. They knew what they were doing when they kind of moved him on to another, his own project and stuff like that. Because they kind of figured that he was, Jason ba young Jason Bateman was starting to outshine uh, Rick, Ricky Schroeder at the point. So, but apparently in season four, season five, they feel they need to bring on another Derek-ish type. For, uh, the Rick, uh, entourage. Miriam Flynn, like I said, you know her from the National Lampoon's movies. She also, if you watch the early aughts, early 2000s show, Grounded for Life, from like 2002 or 3 to 2005, she played, um, Sister Helen, I believe it was. It was kind of like an acting principal at the school that uh, Sean Finnerty's uh, kids go to. Here she's pretty much nerded up just like Freddy is with the, you know, the typical 80s glasses. I was just telling Jeremy last night, um, I watched Prancer to kick off my Christmas uh, holiday watching. And I told Jeremy, I said, I don't know what I would rather have come back. The mullets or the big 80s glasses. I know. I would honestly rather have as a comeback people start wearing those big 80s 
eh, over that the mullets coming back. If the, in 2020, if there was going to be another trend from the 80s, big giant glasses from the 80s, not the mullets. The mullets, I don't ever want to see those come back. I don't think anybody does. If you got the 80s mullets with the party and the back and the business up front, and then you got the Billy Ray Cyrus early 90s achy breaky heart curly mullet. That is just as bad. <laughs> but yeah, she's just there with her husband. And Rick, of course, is like, oh, wow, that outfit they gave you, Mr. Lip and Coddle Man. Uh, I guess the Red Cross only gave you what they had. Because he's wearing, like, a nice green um, sweater vest type thing. And to Rick's surprise, uh, his uh, Freddy's dad is like, no, this is actually my uh, green sweater. Thank you. <laughs> And, no, oh yeah, it's bad, you know, their house burnt down. But, of course, let's add uh, insult to that injury by, uh, he creamed Edward's mailbox coming in. So, was the snow so thick that you couldn't see a, a, a black mailbox? It's your typical black mailbox with the red flag on it. And it looks like it had something inside of it. I don't know, it's like a green package. Maybe it was cookies for, like, the mailman or something. Oh, um, and of course, Freddy's dad has to add, like, oh, you gotta put Dayglow numbers on your new mailbox. That's what we did when we, you know. And of course, uh, Freddy's mom tells her husband, well, had a mailbox. You're telling me that fire not only burned down your house, but it spread to your yard and took out your mailbox? Where were the firefighters? Where were the fire trucks to put out this blaze? One thing I see that's kind of common with, um, sometimes the snow plows sometimes tend to take out people's mailboxes, but what I've been seeing is people will put, like, like, pl like a plywood little, um, shield up in front of the mailboxes. I've seen a few of them. I'm like, that's probably a good idea. So they'll hit that and not hit your mailbox. We Our mailbox is actually on our house. So um, we have that going for us. And my dad's mailbox, it's still standing after 30 plus years. After probably, you know, 40 plus years, that old black little mailbox is still standing. It's still there. I still remember when I was like five or six and wanting to write Tom Hanks a, a, a letter and I just colored a picture and put two Tom Hanks and uh, I think my mom like put an envelope on it and I think I uh, forgot to put a stamp on it or something because it was just still in the mailbox. I remember I had to wait like six to eight to ten weeks to get that Nickelodeon gack I ordered from the cereal box. And that is the mailbox that would send my uh, teen magazines, my bopper, I think it was BB Magazine, with, you know, JTT and Devin Sawa on the cover of it. So, Freddy's dad is surprisingly chipper, but his mom is, like, really, you know, sad and depressed. I mean, her house just burned down. Rick offers to take their coats, and... Freddy's mom mentions Freddy, like, are you watching this, Frederick? He's like, yes, mom, I'm watching. Like, I take it, like, 
he needs to work on his manners. Like, oh, Richard is such a nice boy taking our coats. You should do that for us one day or something. Like, it's so annoying when your parents are like, oh, you should be more like so-and-so. Like, uh, thanks. So Kate shows the lip entitlements to the couch. I knew... I'm sure I called it at one point, like, somebody's going to trip over these railroad tracks. And sure enough, that's exactly what Freddy's dad did. Like, kind of tripped over and kind of looked back, like, what is a railroad track doing here? As soon as Kate, like, puts out, like, hey, do you know Dexter Stuffins? Uh, right away. <laughs> like, he didn't hit the floor, but he kind of lightly tumbled but pulled himself back up. Freddy's dad did. Like, yeah. Can you imagine if he tripped over those railroad tracks and went face first into that little glass coffee table? Ooh. This must have been a character thing, because I doubt that the actor just didn't see that railroad track there. Because he's turning around like, oh, that's there? What's the railroad track doing there? So, Freddy's father's name is Troy as he shakes um, Alfonso and... Dexter's hands and says that this is my wife Myrna Lloyd. Is that a real actress? I don't know. I don't think it is, but I'll look it up. Oh, it's Myrna Lloyd, not Myrna. Why did I think it was Myrna Lloyd? But anyway, Myrna Lloyd, born Myrna Adele Williams, August 1905, died December 14th, 93. American film, television, and star actress, trained as a dancer, devoted herself fully to acting career, following a few minor roles in silent films. Originally typecast in exotic roles as a vamp or woman of Asian descent, but her career prospects improved greatly following her portrayal of Nora, Nora Charles and the Thin Man. Okay... She's born in Montana. Good for her. Career began to slow in the 1940s. Obtained small roles in the late 1920s. So this was right before like the big ones hit, like um, Wizard of Oz, and um, what was that other big film that came out around that time? I thought there was an Oh Gone with the Wind. There's another big one. She was never nominated for an Academy Award. In 91, she received an honorary Academy Award in recognition of her life's work, both on-screen and off-screen, including serving as an assistant to the Director of Military and Naval Welfare for the Red Cross during World War II. She was 88, and she died in New York City when she passed. Aww. Well, there's a picture of her. No, I said I want to see a picture with Wikipedia. I said a picture. Thank you. Well, let me see here. Um, I mean, if you take off her gla that lady's glasses, do you have a picture of her, what she looked like um, before she died? Uh, let's see, here's another one. Oh, for heaven's sake, I don't care. Wikipedia. I, I think, yeah, I don't want to give a donation right now. Will you leave me be? Let's see. I don't really see it. I really don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> but he does, apparently, so good for him. And she makes a comment about how they look more alike or they're similar in more ways than just our looks. Or she and Myrna Loy, apparently. She says people say the similarities don't stop at her name. It's like, okay, maybe that's some TMI I don't need to know about. And Dexter and Alfonso are just like, 
what? What do you mean? I'm confused. Can we move on from this, please? I really don't care about her name anymore. <laughs> Thank you, Kate. She, she tells them to be seated. Like, yes, let's move away from the Myrna Loy. I, her mm, similarities. I don't care. Kate has them sit down. Uh, Dexter offers his condolences, and it's like Troy just kind of smiles at Dexter's response as far as the condolences go. Like, I don't get what was that smile about. Like, oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, our house burnt down, but your condolences are well appreciated. They won't rebuild our house, but thank you. And of course, tells the lip and cut on lens, like, oh, I hope you guys brought your empty stomachs because we are going to fill them up with turkey and stuffing and all the trimmings. So Rick has, uh, Freddie and Alfonso head up to his room, so I guess hopefully the adults can kind of talk and kind of figure things out without the kids around. So let's find out what they're all going to talk about. Or I bet anything we're just going to move up to the kids' room and not have anything to say about what the adults are talking about. Uh, please, uh, will you be seated? I'm very sorry to hear about your unfortunate predicament. May I extend my condolences? <laughs> Well, I certainly hope you folks are hungry because pretty soon we're going to have a wonderful turkey with all the trimmings. We're going up to a room, Dad, okay? Yes, and I remember caroling. Ten minutes. All right. Frederick, Marshlip, and Codlin, don't you dare run up those stairs. Remember what happened to your Uncle Larry? <laughs> Rick? Yeah? Didn't I borrow your remote control car? Yeah. I was afraid of that. <laughs> Maybe my mom's here. This isn't Come in. good. This is not good. Hi, guys. This telegram came for us, Alfonso. A telegram? Yes, it's from your mom. Dear Alfonso and Droopy Drawers. <laughs> Who's Droopy Drawers? Leave it alone, Richard. <laughs> I'm still stranded in Mozambique. Impossible to leave due to airline pilot strike. Oh, I'm sorry. Merry Christmas, Mom. All the days to get that telegram, you couldn't have sent it out earlier? Well, that's rough, Alfonso. I know how much you're looking forward to seeing your mom. Alfonso, I know how disappointed you must feel about all this, but I'm here with you and we're going to make this a great Christmas anyway. Okay? Okay. So come on, perk up, stiff up a lip, let's be jolly, la 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 la, etc., etc. Come on, guys, it's time to go caroling on the happiest eve of the year. No, we actually cut up to Rick's room, and Freddy reveals about, oh, your remote control car you let me borrow? Uh, about that. And Rick is just like, <sighs> and I'm like, Rick, bud, your dad can buy you a new one. It ain't a big deal. I mean, this kid lost his house, and your <laughs> radio control car. Like, yeah, well, Freddy doesn't have four walls to sleep between, so... I think Freddy's got bigger problems than you do.
Alfonso's gonna have just, I have some bad news himself as Dexter comes up with a telegram from Dexter's mother saying she's still stranded in the place that she's in because of a airline pilot strike. He gets this news on Christmas Eve. You couldn't have sent it a little sooner. I mean, she sent a telegram. Maybe, I mean, it's 1984. Maybe that's the only way of, you know, communication. I mean, I know, long distance. I mean, especially calling from another country. What You know, expensive, expensive. I can't even. Maybe they just, it's a remote area that maybe it doesn't. That's the only line of communication they have. And it took a while to get there, so. But, I mean, you're, it's just... Poor Alfonso and I mean Freddie. They're both having horrible Christmases, and Alfonso was really looking forward to seeing his mom and everything. With you know having been with Dexter for what maybe six months or more now. Do we ever learn about Alfonso's dad and where he might be? I don't think I've ever heard them mention there maybe they're divorced, maybe he split when Alfonso was young. I don't know. But I really don't like, you know, Dexter's all about being prim and proper, don't show any emotion, don't show any hurt, I know you're feeling down, but we're gonna have a great Christmas Eve. As Edward calls up the stairs, come on boys, ten minutes to going caroling. And I'm just like, it irritated me that Dexter would not allow Alfonso to feel even a second of hurt. He just gets this news dumped on him. And he's expected to have a stiff upper lip and just, like, put it all, all your emotions and your hurt and your crying and what you want to do right now inside so we can all... It's like, put on a brave face so we can all enjoy Christmas Eve and Carol and everything. It's like, Really? Really? I know that Dexter's probably all about we don't show our real emotions and everything. We don't cry when we're sad and we're hurt and whatnot. It's like, come on. Honestly, if I were in Freddy's position or Alfonso's, the last thing I want to do is go out and carol and make, like, everyone else, like, with, with the singing and everything. I, I don't sing. <laughs> Really, I don't. It always seems like the caroling, singing thing falls into two categories of reaction. Either you hate it and you throw snowballs at the people and drive them away, or you love it and you just watch them and just a big smile on your face, or you go out there and you join in with the carolers and stuff like that. So, they're just, they're gonna go out and sing some songs. Even Edward, you know, he's helping Alfonso put his coat on and he's standing behind Alfonso, Edward is, and he just kind of, you know, wraps him kind of in a white little hug like, this is going to be a good Christmas, Alfonso, right? And Alfonso, I gotta, I gotta applaud him, buddy. I mean, that's gotta be cutting you up emotionally inside. And Dexter, or Alfonso's really, he's holding it together and trying to show, you know, brave face and everything. And not, you know, bring everyone else down. But I think that eventually is going to, he's gonna, 
it's going to unload eventually at some point that this is, there's going to be a breaking point pretty soon. Because I know he does sing a song. And just, he brings down the house and you just hear, I, as he's crying. Ugh. I, I remember that scene and just how sad he just felt and everything. But then again, I was watching that as a kid and now as an adult when I see this scene coming up, I'm sure I'm gonna, I may have a same or a different reaction. It just really depends. Hey, go, son. Alfonso, believe me, it's gonna be a beautiful Christmas, huh? Okay, everybody ready? Yeah. Okay, number 25, right? Yeah. All right, let's see if I can find the key. On the first day of Christmas, my true love came to me, a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, oh! Oh my God, what happened? I don't believe this. Are you serious? How did I trip over my own two feet? Careful, careful, Ooh, just sit right here on the couch. Oh. oh, maybe you folks should just go caroling without us. Who needs caroling? We do that every year. Why don't we do the next thing on the agenda? Place the star on top of the tree ceremony. Yeah, okay, okay, come on, Rick. Dad, it's okay with you. I'd like to let Alfonso do it this year. Sure, come on, Alfonso. Alfonso. Oh, my nah, God. Nah, I'm not in the mood. Maybe next year. How about you, Fred? Gee, what an honor. Come on. You be careful up there. Remember what happened to your Aunt Muriel. Oh. Let me help you, son. No! No, no, I got it, Dad. I got it. Oh, I got the tree. I got it. He's going to knock the tree over. Get it! Dang it, Freddy! What's that? Did I call that or did I call that? They are a family of accident-prone people from uncles and aunts that fall on ladders and I mean they were going going to go caroling and all of a sudden the dad like slipped on some ice and like sprained a leg or an ankle or something but they're just not no it's like we can do caroling like next year or something it's not a big deal so they continue on with the list the next one is placing the star on the tree and of course Rick's like, hey, Alfonso, why don't you do it? And Alfonso is just like, guys, let him be hurt. Let him feel that hurt and be allowed to feel that hurt of his, you know, disappointment of his not his mom not being able to spend Christmas with him. And he's like, no, no, I don't want to. Maybe next Christmas. Maybe we'll show up then. Um, so they're like, hey, Freddie, why don't you do it? And Freddie's like, oh, really? Can I? And, of course, his mom's going to be like, oh, Freddie, now remember your aunt so-and-so when she, like, fell off a ladder and broke her leg or something to that effect. Like, family is accident-prone up the yin-yang. It's crazy. And I'm like, I called it. Did I call it? I called it, didn't I? That he was going to get up on that ladder and he was going to knock that tree down. Yes, sir. Ah. <sighs> Somebody could have been on the other side of that tree, supporting the tree. Somebody could have been helping Freddy on the ladder. I mean, come on. I get it, it's for comedic purposes. But now the Strattons are going to be in a bad mood because their tree is now in shambles. 
Probably all family ornaments have been broken. Granted, theirs is kind of, I mean, if you think about it, we got three tiers. We got Freddy's house burning down. We got Alfonso's mom not able to make it for Christmas Eve. And now we got the Stratton fam with their busted up tree and ornaments. So they're pretty much not even registering on that radar of, of craptacular Christmas. So... <laughs> So we cut back from commercial and we got Freddie and his parents singing We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Because the camera pretty much is on them and then it slowly starts to pan away from them. Like everyone, I, I bet they're the only three that are singing. Everyone else is in a foul mood. I mean, either that or they're picking up their tree and trying to put the ornaments back on it. The ones that haven't broken. I really hope there weren't any, like, antique ornaments on that tree, because they're probably broken. Oh, boy, Dexter and Alfonso are like, enough already with this. Like, we got your house burned down, but please. Alfonso is just rolling his eyes to the heavens so hard. And he's kind of leaned up against uh, Dexter on that leather couch there. Dexter is flipping through. What? Is that a... I don't think that's a comic book. It's probably like one of those like mailer catalogs. Maybe he's flipping through an Eddie Bauer catalog. I don't know. Or a FAO Schwartz catalog. Yes, the Stratton fam are... Well, they got the tree back up, so that's a plus. <laughs> but they're uh, kind of irritated, which I wouldn't be surprised because... Depending on how long it took them to put that tree up to begin with, just to have it knocked down by Freddy. Guys, somebody should have been on that other side of that tree to keep it from falling. I get it. We needed a laugh, apparently. Freddy can always be counted on one for a laugh by doing something awkward or tripping or falling. Or saying something goofy or weird. I love how Kate just kind of turns because... Freddie and his folks are over by, like, close to the fireplace. And you get Kate just kind of turning around like, ugh. And even Rick's like, God, Dad, do we have to have him stay here? Can't they stay at that motel they were at? <laughs> he doesn't say that, but I bet he is thinking that. Oh, they're putting tinsel, uh, Kate's putting some tinsel on. And just thinking, you know, it's just as well they don't have, like, a dog or something because you know that tinsel can kill dogs and cats. I think even cats. That's why um, when we had gotten Quinn, that was the first thing. It's like, we can't have tinsel on the tree. When we had, you know, my rabbit Alfie, um, didn't have a problem with the tinsel. He just kind of nosed it out of the way as he was kind of hopping around the, on, underneath the tree, on the tree skirt and stuff, but... Even the look on Edward's face is he is, like, really biting his tongue here. Like, really trying to hold it in. Like, okay, let's do something else. <laughs> no, he's really trying to hold it in without exploding and wanting to tell him to shut up. Oh, it was your idea to go caroling? <laughs> and you decided, let's just bring the caroling into the house? Of course, Edward just bends down and says to Rick, I used to love that song. Now I hate it. <laughs> now he just like, I used to love that song. <laughs> Heckles are starting to be raised. They definitely, you can tell. They're like, uh, I, I, I want to sing something, but I know I shouldn't. 
Rick, of course, states the obvious. You know, this Christmas, it isn't working out too well. I'm like, you think? <laughs> I want to play this clip. I feel so bad. <laughs> They're just trying to be hospitable. And it's just like, oh, my goodness. Honestly, I'm kind of glad Jeremy and I aren't huge people, people you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think we would ever hope never find ourselves in a position like they're in. I used to love that song. You know, this Christmas isn't working out too well. Alfonso's depressed. They keep singing that song. Our tree is messed up. They keep singing that song. And we're starving because their ham isn't done yet. And not only that, they keep singing that song. Shut up or say something else. Okay, Kate. What's happening to me? Christmas is supposed to be the most beautiful time of the year, and I, for one, am going to make sure that it is. Happy New Year! destroyed that frosty ornament as Everett's like okay what do you do to frosty and she's like oh no what's happening to me it's like it's okay Kate it's it's the holidays it's stressful they need to stop singing Edward thankfully goes over like hey oh great that's great that's enough (laughs) why don't we all come over to the couch and you know be quiet for a little bit Edward pulls out his guitar, and I think we're going to hear his beautiful John Denver quality-ish voice, which I love. Love his singing voice. So, so beautiful. I wonder if this is where we get the Alfonso song, where he starts to sing, like he gets really upset and he starts to sing or something. I'm really kind of wondering. I mean, uh, the Lip and Coddlemans can kind of uh, take a breather and let uh, the Stratton and the... uh, the Dexter and Alfonso, you know, t- let ever let them have a turn. I'd like to hear that one, Mr. Stratton. Well, Alfonso, maybe we'll do something a little more cheerful than that, huh? Here's a favorite of mine. Chestnuts roasting no. on an open no. fire. No. I tried roasting chestnuts by an open fire. Well, that's your fault, sir. 
I think Mel Torme should test his songs before he writes them. Shame the internet didn't exist yet. Why don't we forget about singing altogether, huh? Okay. May I be excused? Where are you going, Alfonso? I just don't feel very Christmassy. Just give him a moment alone. Alfonso, don't leave. Rick? Just leave him and let him go. Just let Alfonso be alone if he wants to, huh? Yeah. And why don't we go right along with the schedule? Now let's see what else is on the agenda. It's a wonderful life. Okay, the reading of Twas the Night Before Christmas by Dexter Stuffins. All right. Oh, Dad, that's not until 11.30. Son, we're about three hours ahead of schedule. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Edward uh, forgot about those chestnuts in that house burning down as he breaks into chestnuts roasting on an open fire. And uh, <laughs> immediately, Myrna, I think that's uh, Freddie's mom's name, just burst into tears. And of course, Freddie's dad is like, oh, that guy who made that song should have, like, checked first or something to that, blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, it's a shame the internet wasn't around, so, I mean, I surely, I've never done the chestnut thing over an open fire. I don't even have a fireplace. I'd like to get one. Granted, Jeremy thinks it's just too much of a hassle. You know, when we look for another house, I, I want a fireplace. No, no fireplace. It's too much of a, a risk of uh, burning house burning down. Um, so, nix that idea. But anyway, at least, I mean, the internet, like I said, I had no idea that's what you did to the chestnuts. I mean, I imagine, yeah, you gotta, like, do a little, like, cross, like, thing on the end to let, you know, the air, you know, release or whatever. So it doesn't, like, implode. And explode and burn your house down. I still gotta wonder, there's gotta be more to it than that. I mean, one chestnut, did he, he must have left them in a pan, went to bed, forgot about him, and then, cause he, Freddy's like, it was a five alarm fire. It doesn't say what time of day this happened at. I'm thinking it's like the middle of the night when everyone's asleep, cause they're in their pajamas. But anyway... Alfonso does excuse himself, which is understandable. He does need a, a bit. Let him feel and process his hurt over his mom not being there. That is a big thing. I mean, when she first announced it, depending on when that was, and then finding out the day she's supposed to be there, you get a telegram saying the airline's on strike. Well, were the telegram people on strike too? Because... I don't know, maybe where she's at, the mail is, like, incredibly snow. Slow. Snow. Slow. <laughs> um, but, and even Dexter's like, oh, Alfonso, where are you going? And Alfonso's like, oh, I'm not really in the Christmas kind of mood right now. And Rick's like, oh, Alfonso. And I, I agree with Edward. It's like, Rick, just let him go. He needs to be by himself right now. It's like, yes, let him go and just deal with his feelings for a bit because he hasn't had a moment to himself to process the hurt that he's feeling you're saying oh don't worry buddy you're gonna have a great christmas it's gonna be great oh don't show any emotion alfonso sh sh stiff upper lip and all that chin up stuff like <sighs> i get that that's probably how dexter this prim and proper guy is all about holding in emotions 
Ever says, all right, let's go to the list of stuff we're going to do tonight. And we are going to have Dexter read, "Twas the night before Christmas. I love how Kate is just lounging against, you know, Edward. And Edward's got his arm around Brick. And it's just really, really happy. And why do I get the feeling that this just isn't... It's going to mention something about fire in the story, I'm sure. And the... Lip and Coddlemans are gonna be all, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying not to be insensitive because their house burned down and everything like that, but. <sighs> I'm surprised they don't look at that fireplace like, I used to have a fireplace. <laughs> Alright, let's hear Dexter uh, with the uh, Twas the Nights Before Christmas. And all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. <laughs> the stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. Okay, seriously? The children were nestled all snug in their beds. And Mom, what a rude Mom, lady. Mark, wake up. Yeah, you're ruining the story. Very nice. <laughs> Madam, so you've just obliterated a classic poem. Yes. A revered. Listen, let me tell you a little thing. Dexter! Dexter! <laughs> Okay, the Lip and Cottlemans are starting to get on my nerves. That was very rude. If Myrna is so tired, I'm sure they got a bedroom where she can bunk down for the night. But Dexter is reading a story and you're nodding off. Finally, Dexter's had enough as he practically throws the book on the floor. Like, lady, you just obliterated a classic. Finally, Edward, like, gets up, like, Dexter, let's talk in the library, okay? And Kate, of course, excuses herself to go with them, which just leaves Rick there with the lip and coddlemans. Rick, of course, is like, excuse me, please. Like, I don't want to be left alone with these people either. I can't blame you, buddy. I can't blame you. The lip, lip and condiments are kind of getting on my nerves, too. I know their house burned down. And, of course, that's what Kate's like. Oh, they've just been through a traumatic experience with their house burning down. Dexter, show some compassion. I'm going to play this clip. Do you believe these people? I well, they, they've had a very difficult time. Alfonso's Christmas has been hurt enough. doesn't need to be made worse by those silly twits. No, yeah, it's all right. Edward, do you remember your carefully planned Christmas program? I'm as upset about it as you are. No, but these people have been through a terrible trauma. What the heck? What was that? Oh, oh sorry, my! I, I didn't see this. Sure. table. Watch where you walk, guy. I know you're a tall dude, 
But still, watch where you walk. Can that even be repaired? Because the guy's foot is like went right through the, the top of it. Can that even be repaired? Because Edward's in the library trying to calm down. Dexter almost there. I thought a, like a plate had fallen. Like a, like a silver, like a tray or something had fallen on the floor. Or it sounded like a hubcap. And I'm just like, what are they doing now? Because Rick's not down there. And Edward and Dexter and Kate open the door to the library to look out. And they see um, whatever Freddy's father's name is. Lou or something. I don't freaking know. His foot is in, like, ankle deep in that guitar. And it's just, Edward just closes the door, hugs Dexter. Like, oh, well, you know what? You're right. You're right, Dexter. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Because he said that some guy, like, famous, like, like a musician of sorts or somebody, like, gave him that guitar. All right. So, now we're up in Rick's room as he comes in to maybe comfort Alfonso. What is that noise now? For heaven's sake. Hold on. It's no big deal. It's just the dishes that I have in the sink that need to be washed. They're settling into the sink or something. I don't know. How you doing? If you're trying to cheer me up, forget it. I'm not going to try and cheer you up. Some friend you are. <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, you have a right to be upset. It's just that this Christmas isn't turning out anything like I wanted it to. I don't think it's turning out like anybody wanted it to. Look, Rick, I don't want to make things any worse for you. Why don't you go back downstairs and have fun with your family? You don't have to hang around with me. I'm your friend. I want to hang around with you. Thanks. Besides, the Lupin Kylemans are still down there. Yeah. <laughs> Alfonso, your mom really wanted to spend Christmas with you. But look, when she gets here, December 26th or December 27th or whenever it is, you two can have Christmas then. Christmas isn't a day, it's a feeling. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's about time I got up there and brought some joy to the world. <laughs> That's the spirit. I owe it to my Uncle Dexter. After all, it's our first Christmas together. Let's go back downstairs. Okay. He's handling that pretty Look, well. Look, my son's stupid again. I don't want to miss it. <laughs> so, Rick goes up to maybe cheer up Alfonso, who pretty much already get, catches on to Rick's game. Like, if you're trying to cheer me up, don't bother. And Rick's like, well, no, Alfonso, I wasn't coming to cheer you up. And of course, he's like, some friend you are. So, Alfonso apologized. Like, look, I know I mean a rotten friend. I just, I really, I wanted my mom to be here. And I like how, and Rick's right with this. It's like, Christmas, you can have Christmas any day, you know? I mean, it's not just, it's not just a day, it's just a feeling. He's like, look, if your mom arrives on the 26th or the 27th or whenever she gets here, you guys can have Christmas then. And Alfonso is kind of making a point, it's like, yeah, I mean, this is also me and my Uncle Dexter's first Christmas together, too, so. It really... It's, it stinks, and I thought it was going to be more than that. Like, he was just going to be really upset and 
Maybe he shed some tears before it came up. And um, I'm not trying to put down Alfonso Ribeiro's performance or anything. He's doing a great job. He really, really is. And um, But he, he handled it the best that he could. Like, maybe he kind of, like suffered in silence just you know kind of in his own way and everything i just i just remember watching this and just the singing i thought that alfonso was just like singing and kind of crying at the same that's what i remember i i don't know if this is how this goes because like i said it was so oh probably over 25 years ago that i did see this maybe even longer than that so um and I don't think it was a dig where Alfonso said, Rick, go downstairs and, you know, you spend and enjoy Christmas with your family. It, that wasn't a dig at him. And I, I mean, it's not like Rick could have said, oh, well, my mom's not here either spending Christmas with me. Because, you know, she wasn't spending Christmas with you in season one either. So, um, <laughs> but no, he didn't, he didn't throw that out there to compare or anything, but she wasn't going to. So... Alfonso kind of turns the frown upside down for a bit, like, yeah, let's let's get into some more singing and stuff. I mean, because you know Alfonso's got an amazingly beautiful voice. Now we cut downstairs, and the lip encoddlements have made themselves nice and comfy wumpy on the Stratton's couch, watching a boxing match. I take it that Kate and Edward and Dexter have yet to come out of the library. This Christmas just all around sucks for everyone there. Everyone is just... Uh. So we cut to the library door and Edward comes out with a plastered on smile on his face. That smile couldn't have been more fake if it was painted on. All right, let's hear what Edward's got to say because he is not too happy with the lip and coddlements. Kind of feels like they're he's trying to be hospitable. I get it, but sometimes you can be pushed too far, and no amount of fake smiling and politeness. Everyone's got a breaking point. Everyone's got a breaking point, and I think Edward's pretty much reached his at this moment. This is how convenient that he just put his foot through. Edward's guitar and now he's just hanging out watching the subscription channel for some Christmas Day boxing match. I thought Edward was going to say something like I don't subscribe to <sighs> Great, now there goes my cable bill. So Edward finally asked like, can I please speak to you folks? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> could I speak to you folks for a moment? Oh, sure. Um, Troy, oh, Myrna, Troy. when we celebrate Christmas, we, you know, it's a funny thing that you bring up Christmas. It's, it's been on our minds. Gorgeous and I were talking about it while they were <laughs> looking at Mendoza's bloody eye. <laughs> we know that we kind of put a damper on your Christmas Eve. Yeah, you did. But we just want to say that if it weren't for you folks, we'd have spent Christmas Eve all alone in a motel. By opening your home to us and showing us your warm hospitality, 
You've restored our faith in humanity. <laughs> Are you going to go to the hotel now? It's a wonderful life. <laughs> yeah, thanks to you guys, this is one of the best Christmases we've ever had. Really? God bless us, everyone. <laughs> They're really... Now, uh, what was it you wanted to say, Eduardo? Eduardo? <laughs> uh, I wanted to say that... If you can't spend this time of year with friends, then... Christmas loses all its true meaning. Aww. Yeah, that goes for uncles, too. Well, good to see your smiles back. Aww. We're going to have a great Christmas, pal. <laughs> hey, boy. <laughs> the Lippin Cuddlemans really know how to to really get it. They, they play that guilt card. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty easily there. Like, like, oh, if it weren't for you, we'd be spending Christmas in a motel room all by ourselves. And Freddie even goes so far to say, this is the best Christmas we've ever had. And I'm like, I wonder what their uh, past Christmases have been like. I don't know. I honestly don't think that, that their past Christmases have been so bad that this is like the best they've had with their house burning down and then the Stratton family taking them in on Christmas Eve. And Edward was probably going to tell them we'd be more probably, I bet anything he'd say, we'd be more happy if you would uh, go back to that motel or something to that effect. I, I, I don't know what he was going to say because he kind of swallows his words and says, you know what, if you can't be with your friends on Christmas, then Christmas pretty much loses all its meaning or something that, to that effect. And it's just everything, everyone's all happy, happy. Alfonso runs over and hugs Dexter. And Rick goes and hugs Kate and Edward. And, of course, the Lip and Cattlemen's hug each other. <laughs> It's a Wonderful Life. That is a long movie. I mean, it's a good movie, but it's, isn't it? I'm going to look that up. That's got to be at least close to three hours, I bet. So, I mean, if they can't watch it, like, on Christmas Eve, they can always watch it Christmas Day. Let's see. It's a wonderful, here we go, 1946. Wow. Two hours and ten minutes. Okay, so it's not three hours, but this is such a good movie. It's such a good movie. That and Home Alone. And Prancer. I just watched Prancer, like, over the weekend, so. Oh, uh, and uh, what's up with this Eduardo stuff? So this does come back, I guess, in the last appearance of Freddy in Season four's Three Musketeers episode. Because um, Rick, I guess, mentions to his dad, like, about how Freddy's father called him Eduardo, which, so this must be the first mention of that. I was like, I don't like it either. It sounds weird. <laughs> oh, the Ed insult to injury. He goes in for a hug. Um, Troy. Troy's his name. Okay, Troy. Goes in for a hug. Bashes his head into Edwards. I'm like, dude, you can't even go in for a hug without giving someone a concussion. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Guys, if you've ever went and, like, say if you dropped something, someone went down to help pick it up or something, and you boof, bonk heads, that hurts. I swear I've done that probably once or twice in my lifetime, and it hurts. Probably as much as, like, banging my head on one of our, um, cupboards, because they're kind of low, and sometimes i got to put my, as I'm, like, turning the corner, I'll have to put my hand out, like, where the end of the, the cupboard is, so I can make sure, like, now don't, like, bonk my head. I feel bad. Oh, my gosh, dude. They must have hard heads, because Edward is like, oh, because he's got his hands, like, pressed to it. It's like, ah. So, um... Rick tries to step in here and uh, make things good as his dad has now have got a concussion um, from that uh, boink to the head with uh, Troy. Rick turns to Alfonso, puts an arm around and says, Hey, look, I think this is a great time to give your gift to everybody, which is going to be Alfonso's beautiful voice. Alfonso, this would be a good time to give everybody your present. Sure. You ready, Mr. Stratton? Sure, I'll just get my gift. Yeah. Crap. Don't worry. Got another one in the library. I'll get it. No. <laughs> no, Troy. <laughs> you, you just relax. Sit right down here and yes. uh, enjoy yourself. And uh, everybody, just just make yourselves comfortable. Rick, turn on the Christmas tree. Sure. Oh. Yeah. Let's hope the lights still work. Okay, 
let me tell you, um, I was very surprised. This is nothing like what I remembered from what I thought it was like a classic like Christmas song like Oh Holy Night or Silent Night or something like that. This is a song I've never a Christmas song I've never heard before. I even looked at IMDB. I don't even see a soundtrack listing for the song. Maybe I mean it'll come up maybe in the credits. I doubt it though, but it's really I liked it. It hit all the great beats, you know, Christmas and New Year's and friends and strangers and just about people coming together and just celebrating the holiday. And I like how it has like a a, a little a red banner around this on um, uh, bordering the screen, and then it's got like "Merry Christmas" in green font. And then when the credits come up here, they're like Christmassy green, which I thought was cool. And I, I just at first when I saw the credits come up like in white, like they normally do, and they're still getting set up for Alfonso to sing a song. I'm like, no, wait, I want to hear a song. I'm like. That must have been a mistake on somebody's part. Why would you have the credits come up then when... I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just like... I don't I don't know. It's just like, you know, directed by and such and such stuff. It's like... But the song was good. And that pretty much ended the episode. I really, really liked this episode. I honestly... If I had to judge between this one and season one's Christmas episode... This one wins hands down. There's a lot more to it because there's a lot more people involved. A lot of shenanigans. Um, going forward, I don't know. Do we ever hear that Freddy's parents buy a new house or they get money to rebuild or they had insurance so it covered their burnt down house? I don't know whether we get that kind of continuity. Maybe we will. What's I want to see. What is the next... Because I finished season three already. This is pretty much it, guys. This is season three is in the bag. It's done with this episode. So I'm just trying to see. Is he in, is Corky Pigeon, who plays Freddy, in any other episodes after this one? And I don't know. Okay, so. Um, all the principal's men. He was in that episode. Was that the... Yeah, that was the one with the horse meat in the sandwiches or something to that effect. Okay, so how many episodes is Freddy in, in season four? We got 10, 11, and 12. That's like halfway through season four. Okay, so um, I want to give my rating for this episode. I'm going to give it... I want to give it a five out of five. I really, really liked it. It really... You know, Alfonso's song... And just the family getting irritated with the Lippin' Cottlemans. And the tree falling over. Just the, the family togetherness. Just just the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, let's see. A silver spoonful. Let me think. Um, I guess when it comes to... And like I said, this is 1984. The internet was not available. So if you wanted to learn how to do chestnuts properly, I guess you'd have to go for like an encyclopedia or find someone else who's cooked them so you can do it the proper way and not burn your house down. Um, I'm sure that some insurance 
policies must have something in regard to those that own fireplaces. There's gotta be, because that is definitely, having a fireplace, you gotta have something involved if an accidental issue occurs. But I'm gonna have to go with, it's Christmas time, just be there, support each other, just acts of kindness go a long way. And even Rick saying, like, Christmas isn't, you can have Christmas whenever. It's not just a day, it's a feeling of togetherness and everything. And maybe, I mean, maybe, who knows? Maybe they'll settle before New Year's and she can come celebrate ni- the entering 1985 with them. Alright, so in January, in the beginning of January, Season 4, Episode 1, Head Over Heels which aired on September 15th, 1985. All right. Like I said, remember how I said there is going to be a guest star in this episode? This is an R.I.P. guest star, and it's a sad one. Whitney Houston, who's a friend of Kate's, comes for a visit. Yes, that Whitney Houston. The Bodyguard. Um, all the songs that she sang prior to The Bodyguard. I don't know what... Um, What's that one song? Like, I want to know. I'll have to look, look up her hits in a second. Um, and when Dexter meets Whitney Houston, he falls for her. Ricky and Elf... <laughs> Ricky and Edward try to get him to loosen up because, you know, you know Dexter. He's like prim and proper. All that good stuff. You know, always... You see him in suits all the time. Hair slicked back. All that. And they do such a good job of getting him to loosen up that he is no longer paying attention to his work and is even thinking of moving to be with Whitney Houston, which doesn't make Alfonso happy. Honestly, doesn't make Whitney Houston happy either because she's got a life. You know, she's out there making music videos and making music. Like, Dexter, what are you going to do? Like, he he listened to her song, and he was immediately captivated by her voice. And, you know, she was like, oh, you're a nice, sweet guy, but I don't want you moving in with me. I mean, did she give the green light to say, okay, Dexter, sure, I like you that much, too. Come move in with me. I don't know, guys, but we'll see in January how this is going to play out. And I feel for, for Alfonso, it's like, I just got to move in with you, like, less than a year ago. Now I'm up and being uprooted again? I don't think so. She does sing a song in that episode, Saving All My Love For You. Alright, let's look at some other episodes we got coming our way for, um... Number two. Mrs. Stratton builds her dream house. Because Edward and Kate are married, so of course... You know, she wants to feel like the house is hers as well. And Edward allows Kate to redecorate the house, which becomes chaotic for him and Rick. Wonderful. Evelyn returns. We get a return of poor Evelyn. This is episode three. Rick's mom comes for a visit and they discover she's broke. How in the world did that happen? She refuses to take money from Edward, of course, because she's too proud. So Rick asks Edward to give her a job and let her stay with him. And on her first day, of course this happens. On her first day, she causes nothing but problems. 
Well, you can't do much about Kate because she is Mrs. Edward Stratton. So you can't you can't be up in her grill. Uh, we have promises, promises. Uh, Rick's gonna decide whether or not he should buy a promise ring for a girl at school. Here's a lame episode: the Great Baseball Card Scheme. Uh, trouble with Harry. Apparently, Kate's uncle moves in. Like a military-ish man who wants to, like, show up an old army buddy and he pretends that the Stratton House mansion is his. Uh, stupid. Let's see. Rick negotiates with his grandfather in a labor dispute despite regarding minimum wage being paid at his restaurant. His restaurant? Did he go half-seas with Lulu on that restaurant? I'm confused. He's with the Eagles. Edward must run up the steps of the Edward... <laughs> of the Edward... Of the Empire State Building for a fundraiser. That's Race with Eagles. Rick tries to win back his girlfriend when she leaves him for the captain of the football team. That's Magnificent Obsession. Judgment Day. Edward lectures Rick about his poor geometry grade. Rick goes crazy trying to improve it. So now he's having an issue with geometry? It always seemed like science was his big problem. Like, he didn't like science, and his grades were terrible with that, but I never thought that he had an issue with math. This just... This is a dumb... This is... Ugh... This is season four, episode 11, The Barbarians. Edward's father invites him and Ricky to join him at a lodge. And it is there that he unleashes his wild side. One of his, when one of his lodge mates plays a prank on him, he sets out to get him back with Edward and Ricky's help. So, whoever's doing IMDb, are we calling Rick or Ricky? I've moved from Ricky in season one and two to Rick in season three. And it's been a bit of an adjustment. All right, Freddy's last episode, Three Musketeers. Freddy writes a letter that catches the attention of Congressman Tip O'Neill. Is that a real guy? I don't know. Does he play himself? Thomas P. Tip O'Neill. Uh, apparently, he's playing himself. Okay, well, it must be a real person then. Second-class parent, while Edward is out of town, Kate gives Rick permission to go to Fort Lauderdale for winter vacation. Classic playing one parent against the other, and of course, Kate is a step-parent now, so she's got to assume responsibility and the rules that come with being a step-parent, and that includes saying yes when one parent says no, I guess. So that'll be fun to have to deal with when Edward gets back. I told him no, Kate! And you told him yes. Well, I guess we're sleeping in separate bedrooms. <laughs> the lady is a tramp. That's an episode about Rick inviting a bag lady to dinner where she makes quite an impression on a client of Edward's. I gotta be honest, guys. Season four is not looking that great. It's really not. Uh, let's see. Stratton and Stratton. Rick invents a board game called Rock, Rock Express, but refuses to take Edward's advice on how to market it. Now, what could Rock Express be? That sounds like something that could be, like, 
I'm thinking like, but it is a board game. So I'm thinking Rock Express, in my mind, got to do with rock music, right? Like, say it's one of those things like you start out as a groupie or you start out as an amateur and then you make your way getting record deals and, you know, making the big money, getting rock star status. And then something happens along in the game that pushes you all the way back to amateur. That's what I'm kind of guessing what that's going to be. Because that sounds like that would be something kind of cool that the kids might be into. You know, I thought he was still into computers and stuff. Why doesn't he create a computer game kind of along the same lines of that? That would be something that the kids would be into. Daddy Rick. Oh, boy. (laughs) Rick. (laughs) Does your dad got to have a talk with you? Uh, This is season four, episode 16, entitled Daddy Rick. This came out in early 1986. During a mock marriage for school, Rick's classmate tells him she's really pregnant. If this is going to be an episode, and it sounds like this is going to be one of those, did you knock her up, son? Do we have to have a talk? I thought we had that talk with you, son, about using protection. Did we not have that talk? This is going to be an episode where they probably think, Because the title says Daddy Rick. And is this the episode? Okay, we got um, the uh, one two-parter here. It's a big one. One for the road, parts one and two. Rick's going to experiment with alcohol. New friend pressures Rick to try alcohol. Rick is grounded for experimenting with alcohol, but Greg still has a drinking problem. Yes, this Greg that's supposed to be a replacement for Derek. Nice friend you got there, Rick. Uh, let's see, movie madness. Rick is bent on winning the annual student filmmaking contest. He's into making movies all of a sudden? Okay, that's a new thing. Rick sings. We get to hear Ricky Schroeder sing a song. Rick becomes famous when he subs for the lead singer in his rock band because he's a teenager. The way we weren't. With Kate and Rick both out of the house, Edward is left alone with his ex-wife. Why is Evelyn back? Why? We just saw her... We're gonna see her in the first season of this, the beginning of season four. Why do we need to see her a second time? She causes nothing but issues. A family affair. Rick is dating a girl named Janine, and when they have a spat, her father wants to see Edward. Dexter tells him that he might be connected, in quotes, to the mob. And when he arrives, he tells Edward to tell Ricky to apologize to his daughter. Edward refuses, but when a strike at one of his companies is settled after the man tells him it would work out, Edward thinks he made the union settle so that Edward would be beholding to him. Oh my goodness. Did they get new writers on the show? Because <laughs> six episodes. I get it, the boy's a teenager now. I get it. I've seen him since, been chronicling this boy's life since age 12 when he wound up on his dad's doorstep. Rick at 16. Rick asked two girls to be his date at his 16th birthday party. This episode I saw. And it has that mean girl from the Mr. Cool season two episode. Where he and Freddie put some, like, red or green, like, whatever in their hair and they act like they're all cool and everything. And the girl tries to get them to do a dine and dash. This is that same girl playing a different character. Alright, season four, episode 24. Season 
four finale. Here's how it ends. Rick is tired of his girlfriend, Holly. How many girls has he been involved with in season four? There seems like there's a girl almost every single episode that he's involved with. I get it. He's 16. He's rolling those wild oats or whatever he's doing. Um, he's tired of his girlfriend, Holly, doing everything better than him. Are you insane? Are you insane? Seriously, that's, that's a plot? What boyfriend gives a rat's crack about his girlfriend being better at, at what? School? Sports? I have not seen Ricky play a single sport since season two. And even then, we don't see it. We hear about it. So, I don't know what to tell you. Um, and, and that's, guys, that's season four in a nutshell. That's what you're getting for uh, the first half of 2020. Um, so, look forward to that fun-ish season four. Hey, at least we get some semi-ish. Oh, I think it, oh, it's in season five where we get Rick, um, oh god, this is so stupid. Season five, apparently Edward's got, like, and it's so similar to Fresh Prince, where Will moves out to the pool house, and Edward's got a guest house on the property that Rick wants to move out because he's 16, 17 and wants some privacy. For what? What do you want privacy for? To play your music as loud as you want? To have girls over even though you shouldn't? Apparently, jumping ahead to season five, Rick's going to be looking at colleges towards the end of the show. Um, I thought there was an episode where he gets caught with a girl in his room. Oh, here we go. Rick has a girl from school over to study, but they fall asleep in his room. Do they decide to study in his room? Do you say, hey, come up to my room. I want to show you my stereo. Hint, hint. Oh, there's the bed over there. Um, Rick allows rumors to spread. Oh, the girl gets grounded too. By who? Her parents? Because Edward and Kate don't have that power. She ain't their kid. Um, Rick allows rumors to spread about what happened in their late study session. How many shows, guys, how many shows have done this? Wonder Years did it. Boy Meets World did it. Um, I swear, oh, what's the other episode? Um, Different Strokes, Arnold, in like season eight. Oh my good grief. Spreads a rumor of him and some girl that he's dating with, what have you, that they went all the way and get this you want to know what they call going all the way guess breaking the sound barrier our oh my god you mm, that is just so gross it just sounds so gross but what's weird is the girls the girl comes over to um arnold's place and she all wants to get all touchy-feely about it. And he's all like, no, 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 I'm not, no. And I'm like, seriously. This same episode was done in like season four or five when Willis had his girlfriend of a long time. Um, was it Charmaine or Charlene? One of the names. And that was a lot more realistic. Like they were going to be like 
And he, he says he's done it before, so... But it turns out he's never done it. And she was nervous. That was more realistic than this girl, like, touching Arnold. And he jumps off the couch like he's been burned. And he's like, oh, no, no. Oh, I do like these back rubs that you're giving me. I was like, Ugh. I know I'm talking about different strokes here, but it's just these epi- this type of an episode has been done a bazillion times over. The, oh, you've been with a girl or a guy and you let rumors. It's always the guy, though, that is the one that is spreading the rumor. or Not so much spreading, but just allowing things that didn't happen. Allowing them to sound like they did happen and not saying anything because fear of his his pride of, you know, whatever. But, yeah, that's pretty much it in a nutshell, guys. With season four, um, season five. <sighs> wow. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing all the episodes. I am doing all the episodes. All of season four, all of season five. But let me tell you. Wow. (laughs) But then again, looking back on Punky Brewster 3 and 4, there was maybe a handful of good episodes in each, and the rest were really, the plots were just like, the old writers, they out to lunch? Or what? (laughs) I get that the kids are older, but seriously, you could come up with better storylines. If today's writers went and wrote for these 80 shows, what kind of storylines do you think that they would come up with? I just, I don't, I'm looking forward to the Punky Brewster reboot, by the way. I really am. I'm going to cover it on the show. I'm excited to cover it. I'm a little nervous, but I know it's in good hands. It's going to be amazing. So that being said, guys, I hope you enjoyed this Christmas episode of Silver Spoons. And in January, I'll be back with season four, episode one, entitled Head Over Heels. Guest starring the late but great Whitney Houston. Bye-bye, everybody.